caring for children has always been one of the deepest and most satisfying things a human being can do. The world is changing and there's never been a more important time for childcare business owners to start marketing their businesses. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about everything that can help you grow your childcare business and stand out in a crowded market. Welcome to the Childcare Business Growth Podcast. Hey everyone, so I am very, very excited to have with me today. Um, now, before I go into this, I just want to point one thing out. I know there is a lot going on in the world right now, but I think there's what Andrew is going to share with us, and I'll introduce Andrew in a second. What I think Andrew is going to share with us is so important that regardless of what's going on in the world right now, it's still so important to be marketing our business. And that's why we decided to not just record this today, but to go live with Andrew. So let me introduce Andrew. Now, Andrew is one of the most leading experts on Walt Disney. Okay, he spent most of his life, you know, studying and admiring Walt and the things that he's achieved. Um, and and I came across Andrew recently from this book. Okay, and this book is Walt Disney's Way. And this isn't just about Disney and the impact that Disney has on the great things. That this is the best practical guide I've ever seen. You know, all of you that know me know I'm a big fan of uh, Disney anyway and all the training course I've been on, but this is the most practical guide I've ever seen to taking the strategies that Walt came up with, all those ideas, those concepts he's implemented and relaying them to your business. And it gives me great pleasure to introduce Andrew today. Um, Andrew, I want to thank you for joining me. I'm very, very grateful for you taking the time out. I know you're a very busy man. But oh, yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for jumping on today. Now, as I said, we, we weren't originally going to go live, but we thought, the, I, you know, I did say at the end, well, let's go live because people need to know this message now. You know, there are all different businesses in different parts of the world right now that are still need to market their business regardless of what's going on. Um, so let's jump into the first question, if you don't mind. First, tell me a little bit about how your love of <laughs> Disney developed in the first place. Well, for me, it all started when I was at school, you know, young uh, British schoolboy, um, uh, and around the age of 14, uh, I was badly bullied and, you know, had my head shoved down the toilet and all kinds of nasty things. And, you know, it was a pretty miserable time. And um, just coincidentally, I was at the uh, doctor's um, surgery one day for an appointment and sitting there in that in the waiting room, I picked up a Reader's Digest magazine, uh, which I'm sure will be familiar to most people. And one of the articles in that Reader's Digest was all about Walt Disney. And of course, I knew who he was, you know, and I, I of course, knew that there were Disney theme parks and so on and movies. Uh, but I didn't really know anything more. And this article as a as a young schoolboy just really captured my attention. I was just riveted. And then I got called into the into the doctors and um so i asked if i could take the magazine and um i sat up that night in bed and read, read through the whole thing and it was just absolutely fascinating and i really resonated with walt's story because he had a difficult childhood he was you know born into quite a poor family actually a lot of challenges and i just connected with him and i really resonated with the story and it was very inspirational because of course um, you know, to, to come to see what he had accomplished later in his life. And because of that, I just, for whatever reason, I just latched onto him and I was sort of 
just fascinated and I wanted to learn as much as possible. And I never thought in a million years I'd ever even go to a Disney park. Uh, yeah. Back then, there was no, no such thing as um, even Disneyland Paris. But uh, over the years, I studied him. I read every book on the subject. I watched every documentary and just, um, you know, just really felt like I knew the man. Anyway, I I just became, you know, a, a student of Walt and everything that he had done because he was such a genius marketer. That's what a lot of people don't realize about him. Absolute genius. Not only a visionary, but super smart with business. And um, that's his original creation, of course, uh, the the famous uh, Mickey who looks a little different back there originally. But anyway, fast forward to today, um, I decided to spend the last four years, almost four years, um, creating the first book for small business owners. Because although there's a lot of books that talk about Disney, there wasn't any that really applied the lessons to the small business owner and entrepreneur. There's books that talk about his life. There's books that talk about um, that apply the lessons to corporations. And there's, you know, all everything else in between. But there wasn't anything for small business owners. So that's what led me to um, create this one, uh, Walt Disney's Way, which, um, you know, you you uh, uh, very kindly contacted me with some nice words about it um, the other week. And uh, yeah, and it's 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 been very well received. It, it's amazing. Guys, honestly, like, like Andrew just said, I have so many books on Disney on my shelf over there. Uh, <laughs> every time I go, I'll, I'll get a new book. But I've never... Um, never seen a book that talks about here's the strategy and how you can implement that into any business, regardless of whether it's to do with children or anything like that at all. It doesn't have to be. And that's what I particularly loved about the book and, and resonate. And that's why I want to reach out to you. So, so tell us, Andrew, if you don't mind, people are probably wondering what has the Disney theme parks mm -hmm. got to do with childcare businesses in particular? Yeah. Well, uh, that's a good question, because at first glance, it would appear that there's nothing in common other than perhaps, um, you know, the, the commonality of uh, serving children. <laughs> Although Disney, of course, these days is, is for all ages. But yeah, that's, let's go through that, because um, um, this, by the way, I take groups behind the scenes at Disney, which is a lot of fun. That's one of the things I like to do. Um, but let's look at Disney today. They have an annual revenue of $45 billion dollars billion with a B. So they're one of the most successful companies in the world. And it's by no accident. Um, this is not coincidence. It has been entirely strategic to build this up over the years. And they're also, it's worth noting that they're the fourth most admired company in the world, uh, which is also very significant. So this is a company that we should uh, study, number one, purely because they're one of the most successful and most admired companies in the world. That's a rare combination. So that's the first thing, you know, they deserve studying because of that. And just to sort of further emphasize how successful they are in their niche, if you look at the top 10 theme parks in the world, Disney own eight of them, eight of the top theme parks in the entire world. And there's a lot of theme parks, there's hundreds in the entire world, but that, you know, says a lot that they have eight out of the top 10. So let's get to this question specifically. What does my childcare business have in common with Disney? Well, there's a number of commonalities fundamentally. And this is what I always teach people is that when we talk about this subject, it's all about adapting lessons from Disney. It's not about saying, well, this is what Disney does. And we can directly adopt that in our business by doing the exact same thing. We can adapt so many lessons. So fundamentally, um, there's 
all of these commonalities. First of all, you want to increase your business profits, as does Disney. You want happy customers who return over and over again, as does Disney. You want enthusiastic, engaged and loyal staff, as does Disney. You face competition, as does Disney. You also have rising costs, as does Disney. And you make mistakes, as does Disney. So fundamentally, there's a lot of commonalities with Disney because just, you know, and the most basic raw level, all of these things are things that you and Disney have in common. And that's why there's so much to learn because they do things so well in their business when it comes to marketing, customer service, employee management, and the list goes on. Every aspect of business, they are one of the leading companies in the world. And the fact that they're one of the most admired companies in the world, that's a magic combination. So that's why I thought it'd be nice to share today uh, with you all the five magical Disney secrets for improving your childcare business. Excellent. Now, I, I am super excited to, to go through these because if it was up to me, I would literally go through here and implement every one of these right now. <laughs> Look, let's go through a step by step. But obviously, right now, everyone has a lot of things going on. That's why we said, look, let's focus on the top five. So take us through, Andrew. I'm excited to hear the top five. I'm yeah. sure people watching as well. So let's get started into those top five then. Yeah, let's go through. And I know you don't know what I'm going to say. So feel free yeah. to interject. And, um, you know, we can certainly, uh, you can highlight specific things because obviously I don't really know about the childcare business. I've done a little bit of research um, to uh, prepare for this, but, you know, you're the expert. So I'd love to, to uh, hear how you think this can be adapted to. So, so um, fundamentally, this is a quote that I probably my favorite quote from Walt, because this is at the heart of how he did business. And he said, just fundamentally do what you do so well that they, that's your customers, will want to see it or come again and bring their friends. Or in this case, in your business, do what you do so well that they'll be happy to send their kids to you over and over again and recommend that to other parents that they send their kids to you that's that was the heart of disney's message and of course he did that so so well so the first lesson is to create an experience and disney was so far ahead of his time in creating in this concept of creating experience and i'll explain why over the last hundred years or so the western world has transitioned through four distinct economies and what we mean by that is the way people buy things so just to just to sort of this is really a, a critical thing to understand and once you understand it you'll see why creating an experience is so important so this was this was this information is based on a harvard business review study that was groundbreaking that came out that revealed this information and just to, as a sort of the easiest way that i can explain this is if you think about um, needing a cake for some kind of celebration. If we go back a hundred years or so, we were in the whole world was basically in what we call the agrarian economy, which comes from the word agriculture. And so the most common approach to having a cake was to purchase the raw ingredients or even in some cases grow some of those ingredients yourself in your garden and then create the cake yourself. In other words, you would do everything from yeah. creating and sourcing most of the ingredients yourself, growing them, and then actually mixing those ingredients and so on. So that obviously that was very time intensive, 
but the cost was low because you know you were you were doing it well the next uh, progression or stage or phase in the way that people interact with the economy and buy is we in the 1950s we moved into what's known as the industrial economy and in this period what the transition was instead of doing everything ourselves companies like Betty Crocker in the states would provide these in a in a box in a package a cake mix and so they would have essentially the raw ingredients of the cake and then uh, usually the mum of the house would add water and eggs or milk and so most of the hard work was done they didn't have to source the ingredients and so on and um this was you know it, it saved people time and that's why it became popular uh so the next phase of the economy was what we call the service economy and this really transition started in the late 1970s where it became more popular to outsource the task of baking the cake to someone else and of course that was it meant that you didn't really have to do anything other than order the cake uh, but of course the cost was higher uh, because it was completely outsourced so you can see how we've gone through these various stages of um of course you know this doesn't apply to every single person every single time but we're talking about generalities that affect the majority of the population so after the service economy from around about the the 1980s 90s um through to today is we've we are now in what's called the experience economy and so now the most common um approach is to not only outsource a cake but to actually purchase an an entire experience so the cake now is just one part of a memorable experience for whatever the occasion is so in this case you know a kids a birthday party and you've got the balloons there you've got the character you know you've got the cake you maybe got some games and and so on um and and that is more than ever before that is what people seek out is an experience so we've gone through these different phases and and now we are in the experience economy that's why disney was so ahead of his time because he was in the experience economy from the 1940s and 50s um so the key lesson here for all of you is that if your business is still basically just focused on transactions in other words here's my childcare business do you want it or not you know I'll look after your children if it's just transactional in exchange of a service for money you're in danger of going extinct because people more than ever before are expecting a memorable experience it's it's <coughs> this is so little understood but it's so important it's a big one for me andrew this i talk about this a lot okay um i always have this concept my team always hear me say this raise your hand as high as you can and stretch that bit further and a lot of big things i talk about think about this when a parent goes to look around a childcare facility they're not just coming to look around yours they're going to visit two or three others today absolutely i've been at one location where a lady openly admitted that she had been to seen 18 different childcare facilities wow, wow. before she decided on one. Wow. And this is a big point for people to take away from this because we're always battling against the big corporate chains. Okay, you got those huge sites out there that have, you know, in some cases in the US 150 locations, 1500 locations, you know, huge numbers. And how does the little, you know, independent family run business compete against those? 
well, this is one of those fundamental ways that we can compete. Because when that parent comes in, rather than just treat them as another parent and just, you know, doing that standard tour around, this is our baby, create that experience. Make them remember why your facility made them feel special compared to all the other facilities they went to see. Yeah, hundred percent. You got it. Um, let's see. It's, it's such a. It's the one of the best ways to stand out from the crowd for sure. And so this is a, a sort of a, a challenge for you. Disney parks are a feast for the senses. We all know that. But is that true of your business? And you know, really, because of the nature of your business, you do actually have an amazing opportunity to create experiences. And I did a little bit of research about this. Um, in preparing for this presentation, because I wanted to kind of get the lay of the land in terms of what, you know, sort of an average childcare facility does and what is possible too. And um, just before I show you that, I wanted to give you a great example from Disney. Now, in in the new Star Wars land that they have in Disneyland and um, at Disney World in uh, Florida, one of the um, shops there is called Droid Depot. And basically, it's a way for uh, you to create your own droid. So it's it's a spin-off, basically, of Build-A-Bear concept. So yep. it's Build-A-Droid, and they called it Droid Depot. Well, let me show you. So keep in mind, this is a store that's the entire purpose of existing is to make money. So it's selling these droids, right? So keep that in mind as I show you how this process works, because it's, it's absolutely genius. And once you go inside, you pick whatever parts you want for your droid in a little basket. And then you go over to an assembly station and the girl helps you to assemble it all together. Then you test the droid and then you activate it. And then you can test it and uh, with a little remote control. So you get to choose whatever you want as you know to put together that droid. So, I mean, of course, that's an amazing experience. But again, bear in mind, this is this is a retail store. That's what it is. Its purpose is to sell things. Every single person going into that store is there to buy a droid. And you saw from the line outside, it's extremely popular. So not only that, but it's $100 plus tax for that droid. You have to make a reservation in order to buy because it's so popular. Now, this is this is just it's such a great example of what is possible when you create an experience. You know, they could just have had uh, uh, shelves of droids and, you know, like a, a, a normal store and you go in and you pick one, but that's not much of an experience. So, that, and they didn't even invent this concept. They adapted it from Build-A-Bear. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. And that, that's what I love, you know, in the book as well, you talk about the... Uh, <laughs> You know, pioneers are these people that, you know, the uh, the inventors, you know, yeah. what an inventor, he was an innovator. He took an idea exactly. and he adapted that for his business. And exactly. I, I, there are so many ways that you could take this into your business. Right. Let me just give you one example. OK, first of all, is the tour. When someone comes around for a tour of your facility, create an experience. What can you do from the moment they walk through the door to the moment they leave? You know, what can you make them feel to think, oh, my gosh. That experience was so different to every other childcare business I went to. I want to go there again and do it again. There are so many opportunities every single day. And this is a big point, Andrew, if you don't mind me just mentioning this one. Now, so many businesses are coming away from customer interaction. 
okay? So many businesses are coming away from that. You go to the airport, you've got self-check-in. You've got all these different things right now. You go to the supermarket, you've got self-checkout. Mm -hmm. But as an industry, you know, Disney, um, you know, theme parks as a whole, but most importantly, childcare businesses will never, ever come away from that interaction. We have the most interactions of any other industry out there. We see a parent at least twice a day, and we spend eight to nine hours, even up to 11, 12 hours a day with a child. Yeah. We have that opportunity to create that magical experience that they go home every single day talking about that amazing day they had. Yeah. So I just, I just want to point that out that it's um, yeah. so many ways you could adapt this into any type of childcare business. Yeah, I like I like the example that you gave there. That's brilliant. And it's it's such an easy way to stand out because if you treat that visiting parent as a guest, you roll out the red carpet and it's strategically, you do certain things strategically that are designed in advance. That's how you can stand out from the crowd. So my question for you watching is what action will you take and implement on from this point, number one, in your business? One, one thing that came to my mind when I was thinking, well, how, how could you create an experience for childcare? Because I love cruising, I love travel. One of my, my mind went to how well um, cruise ships uh, have uh, these, uh, you know, childcare, I don't know what they call them, but like play clubs for kids and so on. They do that so well in creating an experience. Why not learn from them? Because they're directly doing it. There's so much thought that goes into doing it right. So for example, obviously color is, is one of the more obvious ones, but lighting is a big one. Disney has great attention and care to the type of lighting they use in a facility there's lighting that can create a very cold harsh atmosphere in you know and the most basic level fluorescent lights which are, you know look awful um and there's on the other end of the spectrum warm cozy inviting lighting uh, music is another one the the quality of the furnishings a lot of soft furnishings and so on this is such a nice example of what's possible and so you know it, obviously depending on what facility and space you have you know it's going to vary as to what you can do but why not dream big like disney did you know why not it's the, the important part here is don't accept the status quo and think well it's good enough if you really want to be exceptional and charge higher prices which we're going to come on to in a minute this is the kind of thing that you should think about doing and none of this actually is going to break the bank there's lots of ways that you can do it um you know strategically on a budget so I just wanted to sort of use this as an opportunity to inspire you to think bigger with the type of experience that you create. And I thought cruise ships uh, were a great example of, of uh, an industry that do this well, that's very closely associated with childcare. Yeah, I, just one thing, Andrew, if you don't mind me just saying that. The, um, what, one thing that's really important, what Andrew just said, is that you don't have to break the bank here. I remember when we first set up our childcare business, we'd spent so much money on all the resources and everything else. Yeah. And I looked at our reception area and it was all painted fresh and it just didn't do it for me. It was just too corporate. I bought a huge camouflage net. We covered the ceiling in this mm -hmm. camouflage. We bought some monkeys, some exotic animals and, a, you know, a few plants. And we made it into a jungle theme with right. music playing in the background. Brilliant. That was very creative. Yeah, very creative. Now, every time a parent walks through the door, it's wow. And yeah. immediately, as soon as they came through the door, that cost me what, maybe around two hundred dollars, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. Well, at you, all. yeah, you created an experience, and this is the exact reason why places like Rainforest Cafe and um, 
that those type that genre of restaurant have become so popular because it's not just like let's go and have some you know food it's you're surrounded by the experience that's why these places have become that's why they've blown up same with planet hollywood you know the fact that you can see actual movie memorabilia and um clothes you know worn by stars in movies it's an experience so i just wanted to show you that this of course you know i'm applying it to your business but this is something that i i, I practice what i preach because i just wanted to show you this you, how you this can be used in any industry um, my background was in tv production originally in with the bbc and uh in las vegas i took this um office building and i transformed it into a tv studio that was experiential again you know with the elements that i talked about earlier uh great design lighting use of color uh music things like that and this again it's inside an office building completely different and very experiential i also did it in salt lake city i took this building which is a very plain sort of uh, warehouse and i transformed it into a studio wow. with a training backlot which was a conference center that i rented out that was movie themed and people loved it because you know they go on they they search online and they see all these generic hotel rooms that they can use for a conference and then they see mine which is a training backlot with movie themed like with a movie set and movie memorabilia lining the walls and so on and you know the comparison was there's no comparison so this was the website that promoted it at last a meeting experience everyone will remember and thank you for and so that's how i stood out with from the crowd by creating an experience in an industry that's normally very boring just a plain you know hotel room usually is what is um you know on offer so i just wanted to show that as an example excellent yeah and and for the 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 thing is as well guys we talk about video being very important too so video you know if you can show or give a snippet of what you're doing just doing some facebook lives showing people around only part of your facility don't ever show the whole thing off straight away entice people give them a snippet just give them that teaser of what it's going to look like you know when it, when disney ever brings out a new ride they don't show you the whole ride they just show you snippets to make you want to go there and experience it yeah. so again don't just adapt the experience it get people give them a taste of what it's like of what that experience is going to be like if they come to have a look around your facility too okay yeah. so what have we got next yeah so we got uh, <clears throat> number 2 of our five points i mean there's hundreds in the book but i just picked out a few <laughs> to share today so premium pricing now this is a a common misconception or common misunderstanding where people say um you know that price they feel that price is very important in their business but this is what i always say is er if everyone bought by price we'd all be driving a ford fiesta which is obviously not the case there's every type of car out there imaginable at every type of price point some people choose um primarily by the look of a car some people choose primarily by the practicality of a car some people choose uh, based on how many people they have to transport if it's a family or one person some people choose by the speed and so i could go on and on and on by uh, of the reasons why people buy cars it is not by price it's by other reasons and the same applies to every industry so first of all you have to change your mindset to understand this it's such a critical point that there's so much evidence and proof that price is a very minor aspect for most people other factors are more important so coming to disney 
one of the things that they've done, um, they started in 2018, was they changed their pricing for the theme parks to a variable pricing model. So now the price ranges from 124 to 159 per day, depending on the demand. So, you know, in the peak season, it's the higher price. And when there's less demand, it's lower. So that's the first point to consider. And also, of course, Disney are known for never discounting and, and also having premium prices. They're the most expensive theme parks in the world for good reason. Now, I, I found this fascinating um, news article related to childcare, just to prove a point to you that this was in Australia and there's a childcare center there that charges $165 a day with a waiting list of two to three years to get in. So please don't ever use that argument again of, well, you know, in my area, people are, they're very price sensitive. It's not the case. Some people maybe, yeah, but absolutely not everybody. Think about this, $165 a day with a waiting list of two to three years. There's a lot of wealthy people in the world, a lot. Yeah, I, I think it's a very good point. You know, we, we've got some clients we speak to that charge expensive rates, but with the greatest respect, sometimes they know different to their offering is no different yeah. to another yeah. facility on the road, but it could easily be tweaked to offer this same level of service or experience. You can see that the, by the headline, the types of elements that they've included are experiential. You know, the parents would obviously be happy to boast to their friends that their kid goes to a daycare where there's a celebrity chef who wouldn't what parent wouldn't want to boast about that right and that's part of why they're obviously doing this I, that's a good point I, I know we'll have some kickback some people might say well my area doesn't allow for this etc look guys wherever you are there, there's still opportunities to a create an experience and a to charge a premium price absolutely yeah no it's it's no it's no different to the fact that in your area there's a Ford dealership, there's a Mercedes dealership, there's a Lamborghini dealership, there's a um, Porsche dealership. It's no different. People, yeah. if given a choice, if given a choice, there will always be, you know, typically around 20% of any market that will choose the highest priced offering because they want the best. Yeah. It's the, the problem is our mindset. That's what has to be overcome in order to uh, break out of this mold and believe that there are those people out there because trust me they are yes 100 percent agree so yeah. again what what action will you take and implement in your business on this point well fundamentally we looked at two points here the the possibility of variable pricing for example if you have seasons in the year where there's traditionally less um um demand for childcare you could think about doing variable pricing by the same token when you're slammed and you know there's so much demand why not charge a higher price during that period and then the other aspect is at least consider offering a premium price alternative i i you know i don't know your business to the extent of what exactly that could be but as an example um you know with again you know bearing that parameter of i don't i don't know the business but could it be that, you know, you could offer a, cer a certain type of meal as a premium 
I don't know, or you know, custom customized meals, for example, or for a vegan or you know, gluten free or whatever. Just yeah. an example, but you know, there's offered offer various additional services. You know, um, they'll offer right. services where actually the margin is significantly higher on those additional things that they offer. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a chance there. And just one point I want to touch on there, Andrew, if you don't mind. I'm a big believer. We have this big concept in, in our business is that avoid the drop. What typically happens in, in a lot of childcare businesses is that they'll naturally have that drop off in through the summer, uh, you know, until it leads to the next phase of education. But I'm a big believer in that if we consistently market in our business all the time, parents go back to work all the time. Parents have babies all the time. We should all be able to avoid that drop. But we can definitely have variable pricing based on age range or based on the mm. pricing based on the additional service that we offer, 100%. Yeah, I noticed the variable pricing was part of the um, that Australian one that I featured too. They yeah. had a higher price for the, for the younger kids yeah. and then it got cheaper as the kids got older. Based on the age range, et cetera, yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that's uh, given you food for thought. Number three is this is a one that Disney does so well, and it's offering unique products and, of course, by extension services as well. So let's first look at what Disney does, and then we'll look at how we can adapt this same uh, principle in your childcare business. So over the years, uh, and I could pick out many examples of how Disney does this, but this is one example. Over the years, Disney has had a relationship with Coca-Cola and they've had Coke products in the parks, you know, like the Coke and 7-Up and or Sprite, I should say, and, um, you know, the other uh, Dasani water and so on. Now, about um, eight years ago, they had the realization that the problem with selling Coke products is that everybody knows how much a Coke costs, you know, because it's so well-known everybody knows if they go to the supermarket it's about a dollar or so and so there was a real price limit although they stretched it as far as they pushed it as far as they could you know they realized they couldn't really go beyond about four dollars for you know which is a four times markup um for for a coke in the parks because people would there would be too much backlash people say well that's you know it's cost a dollar at home so what did they do to overcome this well absolutely brilliant they did a few things first of all in the new star wars land they approached coke and they said can you create custom packaging in the theme of star wars um for that land and so sure enough coke sprite and dasani water the labeling is different the style is different and, and so on and so what they've created is obviously a unique product people know the contents of it but you can't buy these drinks anywhere else in the world other than in those disney parks so it's unique in that sense that's the only place that you can buy them and by doing that how much do you think they can charge now it's exactly the same thing but the packaging is different to make it unique how much do you think they charge for this uh, what maybe eight eight dollars for one of these now seven dollars yeah. so okay, they wow. you, you were you're about right so they essentially doubled their previous maximum just by changing the packaging to make it unique isn't that, that amazing that's, that is true uh, yeah it's brilliant and not only that but they've also the other there's two parts to this strategy the other thing that they've done and they've they're doing this now in every new land that they build they are always now offering a unique drink 
that's themed to that land that you cannot buy anywhere else. Now, to give credit where credit's due, Universal was actually the first ones to do this. They did it with the um, Harry Potter themed lands with the Butterbeer. That's it, yeah. Which was off the charts successful because, of course, everybody had read about Butterbeer in <laughs> the Harry Potter books and then they could finally taste it. So Disney have adopted that principle themselves from Star Wars. They've created something called Blue Milk and Green Milk um, which are a blend of coconut with rice milk. And so it's it's actually um, vegan to appeal to, you know, or to have the possibility to appeal to as many people as possible. So again, they've created this unique drink. If you just order it in a plastic cup, wow. you can see it's $8. If you order the upsell, which is in the, in the special customized thing, it's $15. So $8 for something that costs them pennies to make. Uh, and, and they've done it as another example. They've done it in Cars Land in California. They've done it at the Beauty and the Beast um, themed area in Magic Kingdom. And they have a, a pub there called Gaston's Tavern. Yeah. Um, and one of That's the drinks awesome. is called, yeah, one of the drinks is called Le Fou's Brew, oh, which is, um, again, it's a unique drink that you cannot get anywhere else. So the principle here is to avoid apples to apples comparison. What I mean by that is, you want to avoid the situation where someone says or thinks to themselves, even subconsciously, well, essentially, all childcare centers are the same. And so it's just like, which one do I pick based on price, right? You want to avoid that situation by creating and offering either unique products or a unique service. If you go into a Disney store, they do not sell anything that you can buy in another store. So in this case, a flavored popcorn that's themed around, in this case, Mickey Mouse, or I think it's Goofy. So that's a unique product. They created a unique product, even though, you know, everybody knows popcorn. You can't buy that particular shape and size of popcorn of that flavor with that branding. So any business can adapt this same principle. So with the childcare business, again, again, the same question, what action will you take and implement from this point? in your business. Well, as some examples here, maybe you could add some specialist lessons to separate yourself from the crowd. Maybe you offer some music lessons that others don't. Maybe you also offer some foreign language lessons that others don't. I came across um, a, a childcare center whose whole premise is around teaching kids mindfulness. Yeah. And that's their unique source. That's how they have created a unique product or service. There is no other school that that they know of that is centered around mindfulness. So for parents who where you know mindfulness is very important to them, it's an easy choice and they offer online lessons too. Or it could be regular field trips to a, I'm just giving you examples. Again, I don't know the business, but it's just it's ideas to stimulate your thinking. The point is if you're just a plain vanilla childcare center you're obviously going to be compared to everyone else yeah. if you add elements that no one else has to create something unique now you've separated yourself from the crowd because the parent can't say or think to themselves well here's the prices oh but wait you know that i can't really apply the the comparison to this one because they're also offering these things it's unique yeah when I ask a childcare business, how are you unique? How do you stand out from the competition? 
oh well it's the it's the type of care we offer or it's um yeah no facility it's not unique enough and one of the things that we don't advertise a lot in our childcare business until the parent comes in for a tour we hold it back but all those jobs the parents typically have to do on a weekend things like go to the dentist get an eye checkup etc etc all those things mm -hmm. their children to have those checkups well we say to parents we say hey you know all those jobs you have to do on a weekend you don't have to worry when you come to fairy tales nursery because we do them all for you during the day oh that's that's great i love that you know the sad fact about it is that as you've probably discovered even though they could First of all, there's just not enough awareness, first of all, to even look at what you're doing. And secondly, even if they did, most business owners are too lazy to think, well, you know, let me adapt. Let me I see the benefit to doing that ourselves. So that's a, such a great example there, Nick, that you've that you've done that. I love that. It's that's a brilliant use of creating a unique childcare um, offering. OK, so we've got. So far, we've got creating experience, premium pricing, and we've got we got the next one there, Andrew. I'm I'm, uh, I'm taking this in. <laughs> next one is mind your language. So, what do we mean by that? Well, to Walt, um, the use of language or words was critically important, and um, you may know that Walt created a language that he used in the business because this is the point. It wasn't just for fun. He wanted staff to think and feel differently about what they do, which was to him putting on a show. He wanted everybody that came into the park to feel as if they had come to a show. So instead of calling everybody employees, he calls them to this day, cast members. Instead of a visitor, customer, client, he calls them a guest and so on. You can see them on the screen there. Now, just to take one example there of instead of using the word visitor, customer or client, think about what happens in your mind as a business owner and your employees' minds when you force yourself to think of your, the parents and the children as guests. It's a fundamental difference in the way you do business, if you really take that to heart. Because how do you treat a guest? Don't you roll out the red carpet for them don't you uh, think how can i make them happy you know imagine if the queen came to visit for example or the president you would treat them differently if they were a guest a visitor customer client it sounds like just it's a number right it's just it's it's one of you know it's just someone paying me money that's why this concept is important it's not just it wasn't just fanciful thinking by walt this had a very powerful strategy behind it. So words do matter. And just to think about this again in our business, how we can sort of adapt this principle. These are very common terms. I'll show you what most people say, but what we should say uh, as business owners. So instead of price, you know, what's the price? <laughs> in So when we're talking about the, the cost of our service, what sh how should we refer to it? much better to say investment. Why? Because when you use the word investment, it conveys value. It, it puts into the um, parents' minds that they are investing because they're going to get something back for their money. If you just say price or cost, it gives the focus, it puts the focus on how much is the outlay. Another word, problem. I hate that word. <laughs> 
isn't it so much better to say challenge you know so among your team among your staff hey we have a problem you know isn't it much better to say hey there's a challenge a challenge sounds like let's get together we can solve this much more positive another one is no problem i hate this when i go into a restaurant and i ask for something and the server says no problem it's a pet peeve it's it's such a cliche it's so overused but if you think about it why should it have been a problem they say no problem why should it have been a problem i'm a guest so i encourage you i urge you to train your staff and yourself to use the words you're welcome or my pleasure isn't that so much better so so you the person says thank you oh you're welcome oh it's an absolute pleasure isn't that doesn't that make you feel better yeah words matter and, and walt walt again was so ahead of his time on this instead of sign up so can we get you to sign up today to bring your kids in register use the word register or join it's so much softer it's it's not as you know sign up sounds like a contract i remember this example while you're going to drink there i remember we went to um to the Disney Vacation Club experience, you know, we were looking to make an investment. Yeah, and yeah. So recommended I went along to see this experience. And if any of you ever go to Disney World, you know, you go, uh, go to um, Orlando and you see this whole experience. It's amazing. There's a there's a crash in the middle of the of this um, building, mm-hmm. and essentially there are something like eighty clothes rooms. They call you know all these sales rooms are on the outside. The children go to play because they they want the children to be occupied. And again, they use this terminology. Can I get you to rate? Can I get you to join to join today? Yeah. Rather than the word sign up, etc. Yeah. It's instilled in every single cast member that works for Disney. Yeah, the, these words matter. That's a great example too. Thanks for sharing that. Another one, which is a big one uh, that they train every cast member, is never to say I don't know. And the reason is because it's frustrating for a parent or a child to interact with you. And for your answer to be, I don't know. Why? Because first of all, you should know. It's your business. And and if you don't know, you should be able to find out. And so the way that Disney empowers cast members is every cast member is given a cheat sheet uh, that folds up and they put it in their pocket. And it has all of the department phone numbers on there. All of, it has a map with all the restrooms and basically every most commonly asked question is on this cheat sheet. And so most questions that they're asked and at the times of the attractions and parades and so on, it's all on there. So most questions that they're asked, they can bring if they don't know automatically, they can bring out the cheat sheet. Let me have a look for you. And if they don't know still, this is what they're trained to say. Let me find out for you. So, again, it's so frustrating as a customer to hear the words i don't know yeah. it's it's just annoying and and it, it's it's irritating and no employee should ever say that nor any manager so there's, empower people to say let me find out if they don't know there's one example that i'm sorry to interrupt there's one example i want to share with you i remember being on one of the disney trainings and um, they they talked about one of the most commonly asked questions in disney is what time is the two o'clock parade? And rather than looking at them blankly or saying, are you being serious? Or um, yeah. it's two o'clock. What they do is they take that answer to the next level. That's and right. the example I remember someone shared with me was, um, well, the actual parade is at two o'clock now. Let me ask you, where are you going after the parade? Are you going to be, you know, is there a particular ride you have to ride book? Well, in that case, I would recommend the best place for you to stand would be there etc they don't just give that standard response again it's 
raise your hand as high as you can and stretch that bit further. That's right. And, and there's one example, if you don't mind me, I'll also uh, interject on this one, Andrew. There's a big thing, I, 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 a story I relate to all the time. Every person that comes to your door, every person that rings your business is a potential advocate of your business. So there's an example I always relate to that a delivery driver came to our door one day and said, I love coming to drop parcels off to you guys because you always give me a drink. You give me some biscuits. And I, I won't use the words that he said about the manager at another facility. <laughs> whenever I go to this other childcare business down the road, the manager's a right. And yeah. uh, now you imagine, I always give this example. If you're at a family barbecue weekend or maybe he turns up and his niece has just had a baby. Yeah, yeah. Who's going to recommend? Of course. And it's, again, that we have to treat every single person that comes to the door, rings the phone, yeah. as a yeah. potential guest or an advocate of our business. And so I just wanted to add that when I think no, that's it's, it's, it's a great example. And again, um, that is how Disney operate too. And just as a very quick example, um, I think I talk more about this in the book. Whenever, whenever a, someone comes in to interview for a job uh, at Disney, they always, it's strategic. They treat them as a guest. And it's so, it's so valuable and so important that they do that because, and, and, and just as an example, they roll, they literally roll out a red carpet. They, they, you know, give them drinks. They, they treat them as a valued guest, even though they're there to interview for a job. And the reason they do that is because they know that even if someone isn't right for the job and or whatever happens, whatever happens in that situation, they will at least go away with a very positive experience of Disney and talk well about the company to other people. Yes. 100%. And it's, it's just so few people get this. It's so, so important. And, and I love that example that you gave too about the driver because yeah, who knows who he's going to talk to. Yeah. You know? and the staff example you just said there, this is a big thing we come across all the time. You know, people say to me, well, if they want the job, they, they you know, they'll come and get it. Look, you have to stand out. If you want the best team members out there, yep, yep. stop posting average ads. Stop doing the same as what everyone else is doing. Yep. You know, sell the vacancy. Make sure you stand out. That's Why right. should someone come and work for your business or the competition? Now, a lot of people struggle with recruitment usually because it's not the fact there's a lack of talent out there. It's the lack of the uh, creativity in bringing that person on board in the first place and making them feel they want to be part of your team. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's such a big thing that it was a mindset shift for me a few years back that, you know, you have to treat your team with the, the same level of respect, in, in some respect, even greater than your, your customers or your, your guests, because mm -hmm. you know, those are your biggest advocates at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, great point. So again, what action will you take and implement in your business? Well, again, looking at a number of um, childcare websites, one of the things that stood out to me that I saw as a very, very common um, mistake with language that needs to be addressed is this, using the word testimonials. And I understand why people use it because, you know, we're, we're trained to be marketers and we very much understand that word. But here's the thing is the average uh, person, the average person who we interact with, they don't understand that word. It sounds like a marketing word to them. It sounds like a very corporate word that isn't a word that they would naturally use. So instead of using the word testimonials on your website, I encourage you to use a phrase like, here's what our parents say, 
or I couldn't have said it better myself or something like that. That's friendly, real world language, because uh, basically when you use the word testimonials, it calls out that word to them. That, that's sort of a disconnect. And it, it's just it doesn't it sort of spoils the flow. So avoid using the word. You can use it when you talk to other, you know, business owners and so on. But on a website, it's not appropriate to use the word testimonials for that reason. Very good point. So number five is empower employees. Again, Disney does this so well, of course. I'll show you why. So this all this all started with, with Walt and another nice quote from him. He said, you can design and create and build the most wonderful place in the world. He was talking about his theme parks, but it takes people to make the dream a reality. And so a very early example of when Walt realized um, how important this is was when he started Disneyland. Uh, this was in the 1950s, of course. And what happened was when they first uh, opened Disneyland, initially they outsourced the role of the parking. So they hired outside company to do the parking. And here's what Walt said happened. Quite fascinating. He said, the first year at Disneyland, I outsourced the parking to a private security company. I soon realized my mistake. They could never understand the concept of hospitality. So I, I recruited and trained my own people and told them that they're never to consider themselves as cops or security guards. Yes, part of their job involves maintaining order. But here's the point. They are primarily to help and welcome guests. Now, this was Walt in the 1950s. And again, these words reveal his genius because the average business owner would have gone for efficiency over realizing that what was happening because this was people's first impression. And it was a disaster because they were they were treated like cattle. They weren't welcomed. It was just efficiency, 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 which was the complete opposite of what Walt wanted to accomplish was for people to have fun. So he quickly rectified the mistake and he adopted this last uh, phrase here for the entire business. And from that point onwards, he said that every single person who worked in a theme park, uh, regardless of your role, your primary role is to help and welcome guests above all else. So if you're a janitor sweeping the streets and someone comes up to you, you don't say, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm a janitor. I, I'll go and see that person. Or if, you know, someone goes up to a manager, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm just, I'm dealing with stock at the moment. Could you go and see them? Doesn't happen. Very strategically, it doesn't happen. Everyone knows they're primarily there to help and welcome guests. The other job a secondary. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that like a total shift in thinking that is a big part of why they're successful? There's hundreds of reasons why Disney has become successful. I'm just highlighting a few today, but hopefully you can see the very detailed strategy that has gone on behind the scenes here, which most people don't see. They take it for granted or they think it's coincidence. It's not. It's a big one for me, Andrew. The, um, the, there's always the example, I remember the, some of the training we did, that you know you go in, you spend eight, nine, ten hours in the park, and you come out of Magic Kingdom at the end of the day, and dad turns and blames mum because <laughs> dad was the one that lost the car. You can't That's remember right. what parked it. 
Yeah, yeah, it often happens. They didn't treat that experience. You know, dad goes over and says, oh, you won't believe this. My wife forgot where she parked. Well, it was actually dad's fault in the first place. And um, the example I always give there is, you know, they one when you talk about empowering the, the, the team members, one person I remember, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but I always use this example. They came up with this simple, they empowered the team to come up with this simple chart that, okay, at nine o'clock we park row A, and they always they give that they circulate that to the team at the end of the day because the last thing you want is to come out have an amazing experience and then you can't remember you parked the car you you know that's the thing you're going to remember and i always remember that analogy the same thing here applies to childcare here's my scenario this happens all the time the reason why most people work in childcare is because they love what they do they love children taking the next step saying their first words etc etc but a parent often comes in at the end of the day, tired, worn out. What often happens is we give the child an amazing experience throughout the day, and right at the end of the day, two things often happen. They either end up with a snotty nose as the parent walks in, <laughs> or a piece of clothing has gone missing. And I've yeah. seen this time and time again, all yeah. around the world, every business I go into. I see <laughs> and the parent automatically reacts to you straight away. Well, you know, you've lost my shoe, etc. And the parent is just taking out. It's not about the shoe. It's about the fact that they were not there and they're releasing that tension. Yeah. Yep. And, and as a practitioner, someone who's there working that child on a day-to-day, that ruins your whole day because you were so excited to tell the parent about the amazing day that child had. <laughs> and the parent comes in and snaps your head off yeah. because you ruined it at that last touch point. You can relate this point that Andrew's making to your business too. Don't yeah. let those touch points let you down at those crucial times. Yeah, that's that's such a great example. I well, I mean, we could talk um, for days just on Disney's attention to detail, which is, you know, this sort of encompasses this aspect. But that is such a brilliant example of, of taking a childcare facility to the next level because, first of all, you've got to be aware enough to understand where those big challenges are and then the next level, of course, is creating a system to make sure that it is resolved in a systemized, organized, efficient way, yeah. in a repeat, in a way that can be repeated. So, yeah, brilliant. I love that. Here's what uh, Walt said again about employees. He said, first of all, we hire for attitude, not aptitude. So it was never about skills. As a proof of that, he said, we can teach someone to drive a bus. We can't teach them to smile and be happy. All cast members are trained, here's that phrase again, to be aware that their primary role is always to help the guest. It's Disney's core philosophy is to create, deliver happiness. And that's one of the ways they do that. So, you know, if if you've read the book Good to Great, he talks about um, getting the right people on the bus. It's a central part of, of, you know, the wrong people can totally destroy your business. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So... Again, what action will you take and implement in your business on this point? Well, that question is is a very important one. Do you have the right people fundamentally? And then secondly, have you empowered them? So it's making the right decisions in the hiring process by design based on what you believe are the most important factors and then giving them the empowerment to do the right thing. So you know, like I talked about the little, having the little um, fold up guide, no cast member needs permission in order to replace spilled drinks. 
to replace food, to replace a dropped item. They never need to get permission from a manager because it's built into their training that that's such a central part of a, a guest's happiness. Just do it. It's It costs us pennies. Just do it. Like as soon as you see a, someone spill a drink, don't ask, can I replace? Just do it, you yeah. know? So that's it's that that's what I mean by empowering them to do the right thing at the right time. So I hope today's sort of given you a good taste of these uh, what's possible by uh, looking at Disney and adapting. We talked about creating an experience, premium pricing, offering unique products and services, minding your language, and then empowering your employees. So um hope that's been helpful. And I, I hope you will grab the book with hundreds more lessons like this. And what I've done, Nick, for your members is um, if they go to this site, um, the Walt Disney book, there's links there to buy the book from whatever source that they you know use, like Amazon. But if they then um, put their code in or their order uh, number from wherever they bought the book, they'll get the audio version, which is me reading the entire book for free. So that's a $47 value. And that's a special offer for your um, members to, to um, cause the book I think is only $10, but you'll get the entire, some people prefer audio and um, you know, you'll get to hear me read it in the original tone and everything. Uh, so if you prefer that, you'll get that for free with the book. That's very kind of you, Andrew. Andrew, I'm very, very grateful. So guys, so make sure look this, this book, really have a huge impact on your on your business um so many strategies concepts you can adapt into your business so make sure you go to that address guys the waltdisneybook.com and as andrew's kindly given us there is the opportunity to get the audio version for free andrew i am extremely grateful for your time i know you're a very busy man you're normally based obviously in the us i know you're back in the uk right now but look guys there's a huge amount of value here. Um, I could talk to Andrew about this all day. I'm sure if you've got any follow-up questions, send them through to us, and I'll I'll try and do some arrange some type of follow-up with Andrew as well if sure. you've got anything you want to ask. Um, but make sure you get a copy of this because I promise you, you, every single thing in here can be implemented in any business of any size wherever you are around the world. Andrew, thank you from the bottom of my heart once again. I'm very very grateful for your time, and um, I know I got a huge amount from that, um, and I'm sure lots of others will too. So oh, I'm glad, yeah. happy to be here and um, my pleasure. Very, very happy to share this with you. Thank you, Andrew. I look forward to catching up with you very soon. Thanks, Andrew. See you soon. See you soon. We're on a mission to help business owners just like you to get more customers into their businesses and to help you stand out from your competition. If you'd like to find out more about the ways we can help your business, check out our website at childcarebusinessgrowth.com.